So, Ryan Hockensmith, where are we? Where are we starting this particular story? Well, this story starts on a very hot day in the summer of 2008 on a football field in the Tyler, Texas area. Two seventh grade boys had been invited out to the field to work out for the high school football offensive coordinator. His name was Reno Moore. And uh, the first kid was a kid you might recognize. His name's Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Rings a bell. Uh, he was a 12-year-old superstar baseball player. Uh, his dad was uh, obviously a major league baseball player. And so he brought a lot of, lot of fanfare with him. Everybody knew who Patrick Mahomes was. The other kid was not so well-known. His name was Ryan Cheatham, but he was a tremendous athlete. He was just as good at uh, baseball as Patrick Mahomes. He was this big right-hander. These two were, were specially designated as potential starters someday. Wait, so I'm imagining these two barely pubescent seventh graders, Patrick Mahomes and this other kid who I have never heard of, getting this tryout, their first football tryout, their first taste of being a real-life quarterback. And how different were the football scouting reports on the two of them at the time? They both had tremendous arms and uh, both really good athletes, really good footwork. He really liked Cheatham because he had a big right arm. He was a tall kid. And so Cheatham was like kind of a perfect fit. And then there was Mahomes, who was just this perplexing, you know, the word lottery ticket, the phrase lottery ticket came up a couple of times. He had these weird arm angles and a powerful arm. You run around back there. Uh, you know, Reno Moore, all of his coaches said, you know, he looked like a shortstop playing quarterback. Yeah, I'm getting the sense that this isn't exactly um, a run-of-the-mill standard sort of a workout, even in Texas. Yeah, you know, White House, they had a bunch of kids that wanted to play quarterback, and Cheatham and Mahomes were just two of them. But Reno Moore already had in his head that that Cheatham and Mahomes were a little bit different and they had a big potential. And so this workout, I mean, calling it a secret workout might be a little bit of a stretch, but he definitely didn't want anybody else to know about it. So they had these <laughs> kids pulled aside out on the field because when he looked at them, he already had a feeling that that both of them or one of them could be a superstar someday. And so this scene, this this workout, what did what did that really represent, Ryan? Well, both kids were fantastic, and both kids were going to get a shot at playing big time high school football and develop as quarterbacks. Both had huge upside, and they both knew it. They had no idea, though, that the longest, most formative quarterback battle in the history of football had just begun. At this point, six seasons into the career of arguably the greatest quarterback the NFL has ever seen, it does feel like we all know Patrick Mahomes really well, actually. We know that he likes being called Patrick and not Pat because Pat's his dad. We know that Patrick loves eating ketchup, a lot of ketchup. We know that he is banged up right now with this right ankle sprain as he is about to host his fifth straight AFC Championship game on Sunday in Kansas City. A thing that nobody has ever done. But today, we tell you a story that I didn't know about 
at all. A story that explains something essential to understanding who Patrick Mahomes really is. This historically talented 27-year-old athlete who is also very different, it turns out, from the other greatest athletes of all time. I'm Pablo Torre. It's Thursday, January 26th. And this is ESPN Daily. So, right, Smith, you often bring stories that are in my blind spot, stories I, I don't know about, and they often involve people a lot less famous than Patrick Mahomes. But this one, this one kind of blew my mind because Mahomes is so famous, and yet I had not known anything about this, nothing about him and this other kid, Ryan Cheatham, and their starting quarterback battle that was, yes, formative in ways that kind of explain who Mahomes is. How did you even get turned on to this specific story? Well, I actually launched on a different story, to be honest. I wanted to write about young Patrick Mahomes and write kind of an origin story. And the first couple of people I talked to from his high school laid out this like amazing story about how we almost didn't get Patrick Mahomes, the football player, that he was torn uh, in in three different directions. He He was a great baseball player, an elite baseball player, could have eventually been a major league player you know, if, if everything worked out. And then football, obviously played football, ended up doing okay at football. But then I couldn't, can't believe the number of people I talked to who were like, oh my God, he actually loved basketball. And so I was just so interested in like how this almost didn't happen, that in a parallel universe, there's a great Patrick Mahomes playing point guard for the Grizzlies or pitching for the Minnesota Twins and not playing football. The way the story evolved from which sport is going to win over Patrick Mahomes was I just ended up getting captured by this idea that he ended up in a quarterback battle for over four years with Ryan. (laughs) Four years feels extreme. I just like think about this for a second. These are teenagers, right? Like just imagine as a full grown, grown ass adult, Pablo, if ESPN was like, we love your potential <laughs> as a podcast, host, but we want you and your friend to split reps for the next four wow. years. Like, especially if I was going to go on to be the greatest <laughs> podcast host of all time, which is why many questions immediately were raised in my brain. But if you can just imagine just as adults, how impossible it would be to not have fear and resentment and like insecurities and threaten to quit. And that's what Ryan Cheatham and Patrick Mahomes were going through when they're like 13, 14, 15, 16 years old. And that the humanness of that, I thought, boy, there's a story here about Patrick Mahomes, the human being. I just thought, boy, there's a lot to unpack there. So that's how I ended up with this story. Well, the guy that explains the character of Patrick Mahomes with a new depth is this new character you introduced us to at the top. This guy, Ryan Cheatham. Who the hell is he? Well, he, you know, he was a great athlete in the Tyler area, tremendous baseball player, one of the best pitchers in the country at that age group. And they actually didn't grow up uh, in the same exact town. They were in the Tyler area. And so they would face off in baseball sometimes as they got a little bit older in seventh grade, they ended up in the same exact homeroom. Okay, and so they wind up, these two rivals, in the same classroom. And what happens to that dynamic? 
Well, Cheatham described, I don't know, I think we've all had this kind of like, I'm going to hate this guy. And so the first day, absolutely, like, you're just staring, you're like, look at this guy over here. And they had that. Recess time always brought out football. So, you know, the, the first few weeks we when we would uh, draft teams, I felt like it would always be like him versus me or whatever. Um, and we were definitely sizing each other up. I don't think we knew it at the time, but we definitely were. But he said within like a week, they realized, oh my God, we love the same sports. We love to stay up all night playing video games and eating terrible foods. Like, we're best friends. <laughs> we started hanging out pretty quickly, talking about sports, watching Sports Center, like hanging out at the movies, going out to eat or whatever like that. So uh, that, that started happening pretty quickly. Like, he would come over to my house. I would go hang out with him and his family, uh, stuff like that. And yes, you know, if you're wondering about ketchup, ketchup plays a role in all Patrick Mahomes stories. <laughs> it does, invariably. You know, Cheatham ended up telling me, I asked him about the ketchup and he said, you know, oh man, yeah, Patrick, he loves ketchup. And he said, um, you know, it got to the point where they got to be such good friends that they were staying over at each other's houses a lot. And um, <laughs> Cheatham's mom said, boy, Patrick loves ketchup so much that I'm actually going to end up, I'm going to get him his own ketchup bottle for in the fridge. So they always had these two ketchup bottles, one for the Cheatham's and one for Patrick Mahomes. You, you've described these two fast friends who are, yeah, staying up late, sleeping over, stepbrothersing it, basically. Did we just become best friends? It turns out the answer, in fact, was yes. But then they're on the field together. And so the friendship slash rivalry, the competitive juices slathered over that. How did that feel on the field? They were both incredible athletes, especially baseball players. And Tyler ended up with them as there's two pitchers. And they just ended up with one of the best teams in the world, in the country and in the world. And they, they played junior baseball, which was 13, 14 years old. And it operates a lot a similar way as the Little League World Series does, where they have a United States bracket. And they were unbeatable. They ended up um, winning the U.S. final. Patrick Mahomes pitched one night. And then the next night, they were in the World Final against uh, Chinese Taipei. It's a shot up the middle. Base hit. First run of the game will score. Here comes Dews. And Tyler, Texas, leads this one, one to nothing. Big hit back by Pat Mahomes Jr., just like yesterday. Uh, Mahomes played shortstop, Cheatham pitched, and Cheatham had a no-hitter through the first six innings, and um, Chinese Taipei ended up batting around in the seventh inning, and they chased Cheatham from the game, and they, they ended up blowing out Tyler 8-1. to one. And so that is the lead-up to the scene, the workout that we started the show with, right? Because after baseball season ends, this pair of arms, these friends, these rivals, they now find themselves competing to have the inside track to eventually be the all-important QB1 for their high school in Texas. And so who did the coaches pick? They picked no one on that day or for many, many, many days after that. They were absolutely enamored by both kids to the point that they could not make a decision. And so they were 50-50. Cheatham was such a good fit for what they were trying to do. They wouldn't have had to change the offense at all to get Ryan Cheatham in there and be productive. And Patrick Mahomes was a lottery ticket. You know, he could do everything, but he was also completely unpredictable. They started playing and they rotated in and out for that entire seventh grade year. And at the end of the, <laughs> at the, end of the year, the coaches were like, we're just going to keep this going like this. Wait, so that was seventh grade. And then it proceeds apace is what you're suggesting. 
Yeah, it went on and on and on. For the entire eighth grade year, they again split drives. You know, one drive to the next. Sometimes a guy would get an entire quarter, but for the most part, they were splitting uh, every 15 minutes, rotating in and out. And at the end of eighth grade, they met with the coaches and the coaches were like, you know, we still aren't sure. <laughs> and so in ninth grade, they came back and did the exact same thing. They split snaps the entire year. And at the end of the year, the coaches were like, you guys are both so good and we still don't know what to do. Oh my God. And so, okay, wait. So they are still competing. Now they are officially at White House High School, right? It's fittingly named. There, there's been a campaign for years to get here. And this campaign, the competition, it does what to this friendship? It got stronger. I don't know how, I, you know, it's hard to even understand how two kids, two people could compete like this for, for something so important to them and not let it get in the way. And to actually grow closer together, they literally left it all out on the field and walked off the field and went and just, they were tremendous friends. They shrugged their shoulders and they were like, let's go get something with ketchup and eat it and play video games. Me and Patrick were uh, pretty much inseparable at that point. Um, so after the games on Friday nights, he would just come to my house and then we would, you know, like I said, we'd watch Sports Center and play video games until 2 or 3 a.m. and then wake up and go outside and play basketball. And then one day, there was a specific decision that uh, basically changed everything. after the break. Exactly how close we came to never seeing Patrick Mahomes in the NFL at all. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home some huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So Ryan, this competition, this historic competition that will not end, <laughs> that lasted so much longer than that one workout, lasted so much longer than that summer, lasted multiple years what ended up changing that endless campaign? Well, they went into their sophomore years. They thought that they, it was just going to be another battle uh, as the starting quarterback for the JV team. The varsity team was set at quarterback. And then one day, Patrick got called into the uh, coach's office and they let him know they wanted to call him up to play varsity, but at mm. safety, not <laughs> this is remarkable i by the way i just love how everyone in the story was like yes i am the guy who wouldn't start patrick mahomes <laughs> from day zero i'm the guy who said he should play safety that's one of the amazing things about patrick mahomes like even when he became a great quarterback 
it's not like Alabama was and and Clemson were were flying their helicopter in to to see him. Right. He is he is this like weird, scary unicorn of a talent. So when I asked these coaches, like, wait, how did you not know this was Patrick freaking Mahomes? Correct. They all say, hey, it seems easy now, but at the time it was he was one of one and the one hadn't it was him. It hadn't come along yet. But wait, this timeline, this other timeline now that I'm imagining where he is a safety, okay? What's Patrick Mahomes' defensive back looking like? Not a huge hitter. Everybody said that. Like, listen, he'd come up and make tackles, but he was not laying people out. He was not the fastest. But, you know, he was a really good, tremendous instincts, had a bunch of interceptions. He understood the way offenses worked. And as a baseball player, he certainly knew how to track down fly balls. So... He got the balls, knocked them down, got interceptions, and um, but he hated it. <laughs> he just he is a quarterback in his heart, and so he played safety and he played it well. Uh, but it just it wasn't what he loved. And so, presumably, the guy who is doing what he loved is his best friend, right? Like this is Ryan Cheatham's job, I presume, or where is he at this point in their parallel path? Cheatham's on JV, just loving life. They are rolling up 50, 60 points on people. Um, and because they had a really good roster outside of two great quarterback prospects, they had just a great um, bunch of kids coming up through White House. And the varsity staff is starting to realize, like, we have the makings of a great team, a great program here. We just have to figure out the quarterback situation. And... Um, even after that sophomore year, they weren't any closer to a decision. Wait, so Patrick Mahomes is not liking his job. He's not liking the position that he's being asked to play. And what does he do as a result? Well, the coaches were quick to say, like, he never said a single word that he was displeased. They could just tell, though, that this kid was a quarterback. And, you know, Patrick looked in the mirror and he saw that, that he could be a great quarterback. And so... He had a tough year playing safety, uh, and he told his mom, you know, that I just don't know if football's for me. And it was really <laughs> tricky because he was so good at two other sports. He loved basketball so much. He loved Duke basketball. He loved playing point guard. And then he was fantastic at baseball. And so, you know, Mahomes and his mom, they declined to comment for this story. Um, but the picture that other people painted and then also from past interviews where she talked to about Patrick's decision making, you know, she told him, you know, you got to pray about this. And and Mahomes did. And when the junior season rolled around, uh, Mahomes was still wrestling with, do I want to play football again? Am I safety? Am I quarterback? What, what kind of chance am I going to get here? And, um, you know, his mom just said, you know, I do think you're going to regret it if you quit. Man, I just, I'm now thinking of like Patrick Mahomes slapping the floor Ugh. at Cameron Indoor. Like, I just can't, I can't handle this, this, <laughs> this other reality you painted. Can you imagine th this chapter? I mean, we'll see how the rest of, you know, the, the Mahomes era ends. But this chapter of professional football has been altered by Patrick Mahomes. And the idea that we were, we might not have gotten it because of this moment, you know, it made my head explode a little bit, the sliding doors of the whole thing. But luckily, I guess, like, he didn't quit football. Spoiler alert, right? Like, he kept on playing. But what happens at White House High School? Because 
Mahomes was playing safety. His best friend, Ryan Cheatham, was dominating the JV as quarterback. And so, again, the starting quarterback question, what happens next? (laughs) Well, (laughs) the the coaches were like, well, you're not going to play defensive back anymore, but we just need a little bit more time to figure this quarterback. (laughs) I am now getting furious at these coaches. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm like, I'm I'm mad on everyone's back. Well, doesn't it fly in the face of everything we think we know about quarterbacking? It's like the, the, the old cliche is like, if you have two good quarterbacks, you don't have one, you know? Mm-hmm. These guys needed five years of looking at these two <laughs> players, and it's just like, dude, make a decision already. Um, yeah, you might have one. You might have one here. <laughs> so the White House started that year two and zero, and they were splitting snaps. It was basically no different than it was in seventh grade. Where he, here we are in eleventh grade, and it's no different than when they were seventh graders. And finally, you know, a few people. Uh, consider this sort of like they speak about it with some religiousness in their voice if that's even a word but in the third game the heavens opened up they were playing a, one of their rival schools sulfur springs and it was really ugly weather that day and Mahomes mm. started and he he played well but it was mostly uh eye-opening to the coaches that he had no trouble at all with the snaps, no fumbled handoffs, no turnovers. And the other team and other players on uh, White House's team were having a really hard time out there. And so the coaches thought, boy, it's halftime. Patrick's playing really well. Let's just let him keep playing. God forcing them to keep Mahomes in the game finally. Thank you, Lord, literally. <laughs> yeah, the good Lord stepped in and was like, all right, make a decision, guys. All right, I'm going to make one for you. And so <laughs> at halftime, they pulled the two quarterbacks aside and uh, Adam Cook, the head coach, told Ryan Cheatham, listen, we're going to stick with Patrick. He's managing this game really well. We got to win this game. And But it felt bigger than that. It felt like something had been decided and Cheatham and Mahomes both kind of knew it and Cheatham described exchanging this look with him in that locker room. And it's it's a look where a million words are said and it's the kind of uh, look where only two really good friends know um, what the other's thinking. I don't think I would, I would have admitted it to you, but I could see that Patrick was better than me. Um, I could see that he was one step ahead. So, you know, it was definitely tough to come to terms with, but I think that internally I was like, okay, I mean, if I'm going to lose my spot to somebody, I'm glad that it's this guy that's, you know, that's truly better than me. They both were happy and sad all at the same time because in their in their heads, they both knew that that was probably it for Ryan Cheatham as a quarterback at White House. I mean, losing the job that you had been fighting for for years, that you had been dreaming about since you were in the seventh grade, that could be a nightmare. But it's also, I think, worth pointing out here that Ryan Cheatham's football career does not end with that decision because you reported, Ryan, that he kind of became like someone else that Patrick Mahomes would one day rely on. Yeah. Yeah, they moved Cheatham. He had played some snaps at receiver, and they ended up moving him there permanently. He's a smart kid and a really good athlete, and he knew Patrick. They knew each other so well. And so when Cheatham got moved out there, the coaching staff said, 
you can help Patrick, your friend, you can help him by becoming the best possible safety valve receiver for him. And, you know, at the time, Travis Kelsey did not exist in our universe the way that he does now. But <laughs> Cheatham, looking back, he, he understood this new assignment. And it was basically this. He had to become the first incarnation of Travis Kelsey. I almost felt like a Travis Kelsey kind of figure where I would run, you know, little five-yard like stops and not, nothing too difficult. And Patrick would give me the ball, and I would just do the best I could at that point. Just kind of be a guy that, you know, if you needed six, seven yards at any given point, then I could give that for you. Right. This is a former quarterback, just like Travis Kelsey would go on to be, who did realize that his future was best spent catching the ball from his best friend, incidentally, and not throwing it. And that friendship that has now mutated and been challenged and been tested how does it transfer now onto the field in this new arrangement where they're finally sharing it at the same time well cheatham ended up he used the word mental telepathy a couple of times describing it because he said he he was never going to be the guy who had 10 catches for 300 yards he was sort of a um, a check down short route guy but man, when, he when they described his role, it was just like Travis Kelsey. That, that same kind of weird telepathy, you know, quarterback relationship, I can see it between them the same way I felt it, like me and Patrick. I could look over before the snap and see Patrick's eyes and looking at me and looking at the guy on top of, like over the top of me and seeing that there was a hole. I, and I, we could just, I just knew that he wanted me to go to that hole, sit down and then he's gonna get it to me. And that's exactly what Kelsey does. How many times has Travis Kelsey saved the day for the Chiefs and for Mahomes? And that's what Mahomes, that's what Cheatham did. Yeah. He would be in the slot. They would he, Patrick would look out, look out towards him, and then kind of like turn his eyes just a little bit towards the spot on the field. And only two kids who knew each other and cared about each other in the way that they did would realize, oh, he wants me to run to that area right there. Coming up, why Patrick Mahomes is not just a unicorn on the field. Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code DAILY. That's code DAILY. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you people wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first one or for your fashionista mom who likes to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate with them both. You can shop by price anywhere from 25 bucks and under to, say, 100 bucks and below. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, or even pre-wrapped gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So 
What are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th, and it'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Yeah, Ryan, I'm struck by the way in which this story, this origin story um, from, yeah, the seventh grade on ended up being like this skeleton key that unlocks how it is that this guy not only wound up ultimately at Texas Tech, he had been playing bleeping safety <laughs> for a while and wasn't the starter in high school. Um, that checks that box. Okay, I understand that. But also just the psychology of him, which is, as you alluded to before, profoundly different from pretty much any other person we've seen who is just this obviously talented. Yeah, I I think so much of what has made Patrick Mahomes so successful, set aside the athleticism and everything, the big arm, I mean, that's definitely a critical part of it. But man, he is a very well-liked person and he is a humble, just so much humility kind of oozing out of his pores. And that traces back to high school and to specifically to Ryan Cheatham. It forged this uh, future A-list superstar athlete who is at the same time as he is super competitive and um, relentless, he is kind and generous with teammates and he's humble and open-minded when coaches get after him. It's it's a remarkable skill set as a human, not just as an athlete. And so the place that he winds up after leaving high school is Texas Tech. And Texas Tech is not the biggest program, right? But it does seem to have a coach that finally sees this athlete as, yes, a true quarterback. Yeah, Cliff Kingsbury and the coaching staff, they they loved what they saw in him, but they told him, they were up front with him, you're not going to start right away. You know, we <laughs> Davis Webb was there at the time. Um, and keep on forgetting about Davis Webb. Davis, making him little Davis Webb. Um, sit again. And they really liked what Davis Webb could do. He was a really good system guy at Texas Tech. And... You know, if this sounds familiar, you can see the benefits of his friendship and his the way that he competed with Ryan Cheatham. It played out then and and continues to. So he got to he got to Texas Tech as a, a very sought after recruit, but he was going to be the backup when the season started as a freshman, and he never sulked. He he was a, a big fan of Davis Webb, and he sat patiently. Um, and then Davis Webb got hurt. Webb made a nice play on the scramble to pick up some yards. And you land awkwardly, and all of a sudden, Mahomes, still yet to throw his first pass, and he's going to have to do some of that coming up here in the fourth quarter. Mahomes got in the game, and he his first series, uh, he showed all the flashes of both the good and the bad. You know, he had a couple of good throws, but the the series, his first series as a quarterback at Texas Tech ended when he fumbled the snap picked it up, and then threw an interception on the same play. Mahomes has it knocked away, picks it up, flips it out dangerously, and was it intercepted off the deflection by Jacobs? It was. Third and long, you lose the football, Lyman tries to jump on it, you scoop it up, you're falling to the ground and just blindly flip it out to the flat where there's a lot of black jerseys. Simply can't do that. And Cliff Kingsbury says uh, to this day, it's the only play he's ever seen where someone fumbled and threw an interception on the play. <laughs> but he never sulked. He ended up taking over the job. And so he had a huge future around that, uh, around that point at Texas Tech. And so now we're fast forwarding about three years because it's the NFL draft. It's April 2017. 
And yes, what we actually did see happen in our actual timeline occurs. The Kansas City Chiefs trade a huge, huge haul to jump up from number 27 to number 10 to grab this quarterback. With the 10th pick in the 2017 NFL Draft, the Kansas City Chiefs select Patrick Mahomes, the second quarterback. The quarterback who has had a path to a starting job that still isn't over yet because, of course, the the incumbent at that time, the guy who is, yes, occupying this White House, so to speak, remains our friend Alex Smith, right? And Mahomes, again, he's sounding like a politician who is polished, who knows how to handle, at this point, exactly this. He is. He's like the most mature NFL draft pick because he had been through this. So he was the clear number two. And the person saying that loudest was Patrick Mahomes himself. He said, this is Alex's team. Um, he's a starting quarterback. I'm going to be ready whenever they need me. I've talked to Alex. I mean, Alex, you can just tell he's a great guy. And I've heard great things about him. And we had a great, we had a great conversation. Yeah, he just told me to just come in and work hard as you can. Uh, he told me that, I mean, he's going to be there in my corner as well. He's going to try to teach me as, as I go. And, I mean, that's just the type of guy he is. He's a great leader. A great, it would be a great teammate and a great quarterback. Boy, it's hard not to think about Ryan Cheatham when you're thinking about those words because it's kind of stuff he was figuring out yes. in his head as a 12, 13, 14, 15, on and on and on and on. I cannot help but think of Ryan Cheatham again at the end here. Whatever happened to that guy? Cheatham was a great baseball player. He ended up focusing uh, more on, on baseball. And so they went their separate ways when Mahomes went off to Texas Tech. And Cheatham, he went to Tyler Community College to pitch. He won a national title as a freshman. And then he transferred to the University of Texas, has a Tyler branch. He transferred there as a sophomore and he won another national title there. Um, so he went on, did big things on the baseball field. Um, and, you know, the most surprising thing was not that they had become such good friends. It's that they stayed really good friends. Cheatham ended up marrying uh, his wife, Brooke, and they were friends with um, Patrick and Patrick's wife, Brittany. Um, and so they have continued to play video games and get together <laughs> on a regular basis. Uh, video games are a big connecting thing from all over the country. What are they playing? What are they playing? And while eating, presumably, insane amounts of ketchup still. Well, advanced analytics say there's a 72% chance they're playing Call of Duty right now. There's ketchup and <laughs> Call of Duty happening right now somewhere. That's the, the biggest bonding agent there, I would say, of all the video games they play. And so as we are on the precipice, again, of... of Yes, marveling at a player, an athlete, who might just be the greatest we have ever seen. What do you think this says about what that actually requires, right? Like, I think of Michael Jordan, Ryan. I think of a guy who was allegedly the ultimate alpha male, who could brook no challenge, who incinerated anybody who tested him, who dared to test him. And yet here we have an example that you have now comprehensively reported is almost exactly the opposite. Yeah, Jordan's a great example because in our heads, great athletes, they're uber competitive 
and not necessarily kind. No. You know, when we talk about the stories we tell about Kobe Bryant, a lot of them are just like, yeah, and he stepped on this guy's throat at practice and crushed his soul, and it was great. Mm -hmm. um, and that's not Patrick Mahomes. We think of athletes, and we think of the idea of, can you be competitive and kind? <laughs> and the answer is like, no. Those things, two things in most of our heads are, are diametrically opposed. And Patrick Mahomes is exhibit A of like, you can be uber competitive and also loving at the same time. It's remarkable. Yeah, it's okay to be nice is a rare lesson when it comes to the character studies that we get in sports. And yeah, you've just given us a very, very different sort of a picture. Yeah, and there's one photo that really, uh, during my reporting, got sent to me. And I just, it, I think it's, uh, it tells Patrick Mahomes' story with one visual. Um, it's from this offseason. He got married to Brittany, his longtime high school girlfriend. Um, and he was surrounded by friends, family, and it felt like half of White House High School was there. <laughs> and so they posed for pictures, did all the regular wedding things. He did pictures with Brittany and then his family. And then finally, they pulled aside all the groomsmen. There were five of them. Uh, four of them were White House alums. Um, and in the one photo that I saw, Patrick is standing in the middle and his five groomsmen are, are on the outside of him. And, you know, directly to his right is his brother, Jackson. He loves his brother very much, uh, a huge part of his life. And then on the far left are his uh, high school and college receivers, Coleman Patterson and Jake Parker, two really good friends of his. Right beside Patrick is also a guy named Travis Kelsey, who plays a, a, a important role mm. in, in his life these days. And the guy standing beside Travis Kelsey is Ryan Cheatham, still in the in the picture, literally and figuratively. That juxtaposition of two kids battling it out for their <laughs> the most important years of forming them as human beings, the fact that they are still going strong as close friends and the roles that they played. You know, in most of these stories, Ryan Cheatham is a footnote of the guy who got steamrolled um, and is forgotten about in the rearview mirror. And that's just not the yes. case. It's not the case with Patrick Mahomes. It's one of the reasons why I think he's, you know, he's a unicorn in so many ways, physically, the way he plays the, the game. But the way he navigates this planet, the humanity of him, I think it shows up in that picture. And it shows up specifically between him and his, his old friend, Ryan Cheatham. Ryan Hoggins-Smith, thank you for telling us the story of, yes, these, these two friends who uh, gifted us probably the best possible timeline of them all. Yes, thank you for having me, Pablo. And be nice to people. Remember, that's the lesson here. Be nice. Yeah, I'll try. <laughs> I'll try. I'm Pablo Torre. This has been ESPN Daily. And I will talk to you tomorrow.